Hello everyone, it's time for a new edition of GMMVX, the ex-podcast dedicated to blockchain, the place where the future of digital technology is being forged. GMMVX is every Tuesday and Friday in French and every Wednesday like today in English. So, are you ready to dive with me? into the captivating world of blockchain, crypto, and NFT with my experts and guests who are shaping Web3 every day. Today, I'm with Arno, Hatton Protocol Ambassador and Web2, Web3, Web4, Web5 Entrepreneur. Hello, Arno. How are you? Hello, my friend. I'm very good. So, so you're going to stick with this introduction? Yeah, definitely. In English, in French, and the later in Romanian. Okay. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> and I am also with Joachim, co-founder of Gopa Labs, but also expert in tokenomics and poker. Hello, Joachim. How are you? Good morning, Jerem. Good morning, everyone. Honestly, I'm thrilled about today's program and the guests. So, uh, yeah, can't wait to get started. Sounds good. Sounds good. Okay, it's a pleasure to, to be with you this morning. Last week, uh, uh, Arno uh, did the, the job, a great job with GMMVX in English. So it's been like two weeks. I haven't done it in English. I missed it. Um, so before giving you the program, I invite you all to put a like, a comment, a repost the spaces to uh, like bring uh, in all your followers. You can also share the link on your uh, Telegram, Discord channels. Uh, there, there is never uh, uh, enough of us on GMMVX. I would also like to salute and thank the members of the Club Privé. Uh, we are already 32 on it, and the atmosphere is on fire. So, yeah, uh, uh, big up uh, to, to everyone. Uh, let's move on to the program, which is well, once again full and varied. Uh, first of all, Arno will speak uh, about uh, Exportal first year anniversary. Uh, so it's been a, a great year uh, with uh, a big opportunities, but also a big uh, uh, improvement. But there's a lot to do uh, left. So yeah, can't wait to listen to you, Arno, about this. Um, after... Uh, after this, we will receive uh, two great guys, two great builders. First of all, we will receive uh, Razvan, uh, founder of uh, Elrond Giants, uh, which is now Giant, but also CoinDrip, uh, but also because he has many things uh, on his bio, like EGLD Hub. He's uh, a very famous dev on Multiversics. He uh, won a lot of awards. Uh, for his uh, projects and dedication on the Multiversix uh, uh, ecosystem. So it's a pleasure to have him uh, today. We'll speak about gaming, payment, and so on. And after this, we will receive David Raymond, uh, who is, uh, we can say, uh, approved uh, creator on Epic Games and Fortnite. And he's building a great, great, great experience uh, on Fortnite. Uh, 
so we will speak about the impact of this uh, uh, for the growth of, of Multiversic. So it's all it's it's also a pleasure and honor to to receive him for what he does for 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 the whole Multiversic ecosystem. And uh, last but not least, at the end of the space, Joachim proposed me to uh, make um, like an edito about the TCGs. So it's a trading card. And what is the G? Remind me. <laughs> I don't remember. Game. Yeah. Game. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Uh, game. Uh, it's you, bro. It's your topic. I haven't even dived in. So you know what? I will discover it at the same time as uh, you guys. Uh, so we'll speak about the evolution of this uh, uh, thing from a real word. It was the Pokemon cards uh, um, decades ago. And uh, after it was digital cards. And now it's blockchain cards. Uh, but what's next? So yeah. Um, I will discover it. It will be, uh, I'm sure, fascinating. Uh, so that's the program of today. Uh, so mostly about gaming, but not only. Uh, so are you ready, guys? Are you ready? <laughs> it's Absolutely. a new sound from X. Anna's <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, coming to do the extra voices. <laughs> yeah, we will add it. Um, so, guys, I think there are not um, enough comments on the on the Twitter space, not enough uh, 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 reposts. So, guys, give strength to it. We're uh, 20 on the space at the moment, and I'm sure the guests and uh, uh, the topics uh, deserve more people. So, guys, give strength to us, because the more we are, the more the, the space will be relevant, because you know, at any moment, you can raise your hand and uh, jump in and ask your question or give your opinion about the different topic we will speak about. But also you can ask your questions on the comment section. And for the member of the Club Privé, je vais toujours le dire comme ça. I will always pronounce it in French, the Club Privé. Uh, of course, you can ask your question directly on the private Telegram. Um, I think that's it. So let's start with Arno. Uh, and we will speak about X-Portal first anniversary. Uh, Arno, can you tell us uh, what, first of all, maybe, I, I don't know how you created your, uh, your, your topic, but I have one question. But if you don't want to answer this now, feel free. But do you prefer Maya or X-Portal? <laughs> <laughs> the million dollar question <laughs> um, it's, a, it's a tough question to answer um, because they're two very different products they're, the two products are not um, aiming they don't have the same vision behind so you know um, Exportal has been designed to be so much more than what Maya um, had been designed for but of course, uh, the simplicity that Meyer had as a as a hot wallet, crypto hot wallet, was was refreshing at that time. Uh, especially when you came from uh, the Ethereum ecosystem, um, Meyer was was really a cool experience. But today we're not here to talk about Meyer app uh, because we're not going to go back to that. Today we are here to talk about X. Portal. Um, we are 
in almost March 24. And in March 23, one year ago, Exportal was launched. And it was a big thing for, um, for Multiresex as an ecosystem. Um, so I'm going to go over you know, how, how things have been over the year. Um, I'm going to go over a few key features, not all of them, because there's, there's so much that we will need an hour if we want to go over, but only three of them that, in my opinion, are really key to understand what the Multiverse Sex and what the Exportal team has um, envisioned for the growth of Exportal. And then um, I will open up the discussion to, um, to all of you to understand, you know, is Exportal delivering? Uh, and I have a few key points there uh, to, uh, to have interesting conversations. So, so how has Exportal been doing since uh, launch? Um, to, to refresh everybody's mind, Exportal was introduced as a super app designed to seamlessly integrate digital finance, cryptocurrencies, social features, end-to-end -end encrypted messaging, AI avatars, and portals for web-free apps and metaverse experiences. Just wait for it. I have to drink a bit here. Uh, in, in the meantime, we will welcome uh, Razvan, who That was a in. joke. That was a joke, brother, because it's long. Oh, my bad. I'm really tired okay. this morning. Sorry. Yeah, you are. No, no. Um, the, the joke, maybe it was poorly done, so sorry. Uh, but um, yes, Exportal has a very, very um, strong and long vision. Uh, it's a complex product. Just directly in its description, you know, this is going to be a massive product. So massive products are very hard to make uh, because they're hard to understand for users. So they need to be very well done. So I'm going to go over uh, the few features that um, defined um, the first year of Exportal. The first one, and it's very important because when you are a crypto user and you're using a wallet, the first thing you care about is security. It, it is paramount. Every time we're talking about money, you want security and that's, that's normal. Um, the problem with hot wallets is that um, they are often uh, the victim of phishing attacks um, with hackers trying to, to steal your seed phrase. And the Exportal team innovated with a feature that, in my opinion, didn't get the recognition that it, it merits. And that's the Guardian feature. So Guardian was launched on uh, the 14th of July, 23. And basically what it does is that it's an on-chain two-factor authentication, meaning that if someone manages to steal your seed phrase, they still can't get your funds. And that's massive. And that's at protocol level because it's on-chain. You can also uh, have a lower security bar with a, um, a good Google authenticator, but it's still two-factor authentication. So it's it's quite massive, uh, in my opinion. This, this makes Exportal 
the, safe, the safest hot wallet I know, and it's quite a big deal. The second one, the second feature that um, defined the year was in uh, November 23, and it's when Exportal became officially more than just a crypto wallet with uh, the possibility to activate a crypto debit card directly from the app and go from, from crypto to fiat and from fiat to crypto directly from the app. Receive your, cre your credit card and spend it in your day-to-day -day life. Um, this is an important milestone for Exportal this year because it brings it closer to being a one-stop shop for everything finance, which is in uh, the initial vision. The third one, so we had security, now we have payments to show that Exportal is more than just a wallet, it's more, more towards a super app. The third one is regulation. So that's a word that we all, I'm not going to say dislike because we, we know it's important, but it's a word that uh, when it comes to crypto, we're not comfortable with regulation, but regulation is important. KYC, uh, especially in financial services, when you want to invest in businesses, it's critical. And Exportal has introduced um, a KYC system that I would uh, like to make a reference to, Lord of the Rings, a KYC to rule them all. Um, the vision here is that since Exportal is the multiverse X wallet, and it is integrated in the all of the ecosystem. And it is also the gateway to enter the launchpad. In the future, you should have one KYC only. And then within the, with the ecosystem, whenever you have to use your identity, you can directly tap in from this one. Um, this has not been spoken of too much again, but this is a big deal and it will become a big deal in the future also because we will have to use our identity sometimes and we will need it to be at the ready and simple and this will make it very simple so to me those are the three key features but okay exportal is great it's more than just a wallet it's a super app the first point that I'm going to um, to mention that um, shows that we um, we might have you know a problem is user growth. When Exportal was launched, it it got all the the prior users of Maya, and we had on Maya 1.2 million users. Today, so that was in March 23. And I'm almost done. In March 24, and I'm using multiverse X numbers, we have 1.5 million users. That's a 25% growth over the first year of existence of a product. And um, being a tech entrepreneur, I can tell you this, these, those are poor numbers. Those are very poor growth numbers. In the first year of the product, you will multiplying your user base. So I know crypto is a, is a specific industry. There's a massive competition. We are, we were in a bear market. So maybe it wasn't the best year to, to, to do all this, but to grow massively, but still. So what, what do you think guys about this user growth? 
and um, and then I think we could raise the question to everyone in the chat. In your opinion, what do you think about Exportal? Um, what do you think about the growth? What do you think is limiting? And how could we uh, help the Multiverse X team to improve it? Thank you, uh, Arno, for, for, for this uh, a great overview. Um, my, my question, brother, uh, and I will not answer your question, uh, well, because uh, I, I think I don't have enough information and I will only, only be superficial, so I will not. But my question is, according to you, do you think with this new app, uh, it's still possible for Multiverse to onboard the next 1 billion user? or the motto has changed. And actually now the goal is not to onboard 1 billion uh, new blockchain users, but uh, to comply with uh, uh, the law and to become like a, a crypto neo bank. And yeah, so that's my, my question. And Joachim also, of course, uh, can give your opinion about Exportal. And uh, yeah, guys, we did not salute uh, Razvan. So hello, Razvan, how are you? Hi, guys. Good, good, good. Great. It's, Hi, uh, Razvan. Doing some work. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we will like uh, um, ask your opinion about uh, Exportal app at the beginning of your interview. So I just wanted to salute you. But if you have an opinion about this, and I'm sure you have one, keep it. Uh, and uh, it will be interesting to discuss about it. So you, you can keep working uh, <laughs> in the meantime. So Arno, I repeat my yeah. question. No, no, I have it. I have it. Okay. okay. Um, so in my opinion, um, the one onboarding 1 billion users was a very smart marketing stunt from Multiverse X because it is such a massive target that, you know, um, it, when I was working in, in, a, in part in a company, the CEO introduced a metric that he called the big, the BHAG, the big, hairy, audacious goal. And Onboarding the next billion users is the BHAG of Multiverse X. It's so big that, you know, you know they're not going to reach it over the next year. It's, it's more somewhat of a huge North Star metric that, that you want everybody to know, okay, Multiverse X is aiming for this. So um, Multiverse X as an ecosystem, they, they want to onboard 1 billion users, but it's not Multiverse X just as the network, as, as the... the the, the, the company behind is more of an, as an ecosystem. So to, to onboard a billion users, you need to onboard builders who are going to create the products, the use cases, solve the, solve the problems to attract 1 billion users. And so um, to me, Exportal is part of the infrastructure that Multiverse X is putting at the disposal of the ecosystem to ease the onboarding over the next few years. So Exportal is... a is a piece of the infrastructure to, to do that. And that's why they uh, envision more than just a hot wallet. Because once you will have an ecosystem of builders that will be 10 times the one that we have right now on Multiverse X, they will be able to leverage exportal infrastructure. 
the KYC, the payment system, okay. uh, the, the internet, et cetera, et cetera. So I think it will play a part, but today it's the ecosystem is too small. Okay. Um, Joachim, um, what do you think about Exportal? And um, another question, but I think it will be interesting to discuss about it when we speak about Exportal. Um, do you think it's a, it's a problem that the main and only wallet is built by the core team, <clears throat> where uh, on the other ecosystem, uh, this is like private initiative, like uh, uh, MetaMask with Consensus, Phantom, and the, the other uh, wallet that are built um, by a private, uh, like by external uh, companies and, and teams. Uh, and after, of course, Arno will be able to give uh, his opinion. Joachim. So it's a great question. And before I answer on the exported part, um, it's important to mention that a lot of those other wallets from other ecosystems, while they haven't been made by the foundation or the core team of a blockchain, uh, it is often people who are very close, if not actually team members, uh, who've launched it through another company. So it is important to note that they might not be as independent as they uh, tend to be shown as. But Exportal was clearly, and uh, Maya the first place, was clearly designed as a product by the core team. And the one of the things we can discuss is would we have had more web wallets and mobile wallets if there wasn't been made one by the core team because one thing that is very important to um, to know is that you can for example send esdt tokens to trust wallets um, which i think was acquired by binance um, and but you can't connect to dapps and that is one of, I want to say, the biggest pain points towards adoption of uh, Multiverse X uh, is the fact that the only wallet that we have as of now that connects to dApps on Multiverse X, that is a mobile app, is Exportal. And at the start of the at the start of the space, we were discussing like, do we prefer Maya or do we prefer Exportal? And I love the simplicity of Maya, but it is important to remember, and I think we, we've forgotten that with time, Maya didn't have Wallet Connect. There was no way to interact with any um, uh, any apps in the way, like it was very simplistic. We didn't have the app, etc. And it was Exporter who brought a lot of uh, improvements towards that. But um, because um, the Wallet Connect uh, is a flavor, I want to say, like it uses the open source code of um, Wallet Connect, but is not a standard of the SDK of Wallet Connect. It is harder for other projects to implement inside their wallets than if they want to use um, like EVMs like uh, Polygon, um, Ethereum, etc. Arno, what do you think about? Uh... The fact that uh, Exportal is built by the core team and there are no other uh, wallet on the multiverse X ecosystem yet. Yeah, yet, yet, <laughs> yes. Um, to me, it was part of the value proposition that attracted me um, towards the multiverse X ecosystem. Um, I, I think it's 
it's it's a trade-off, Jerem. Of course, um, you 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 lose a bit of uh, the freedom of having a third-party build building. Um, obviously, the exporter wallet is going to have so much more um, seamless integration and advantages. Um, whereas in another ecosystem, when the foundation doesn't want to build a wallet, um, every every wallet has the same advantages. So it's it. I would say it's less decentralization, but more. Um, a better for a user, a better user experience. That was the trade-off that I liked. Um, I was uh, comfortable with it. <clears throat> I think onboarding people must be super, super easy in the future. And um, Exporto could be the, the the good playbook, you know, to to onboard um, people in crypto ecosystem. Okay, sounds good. Um, <clears throat> we will be joined by uh, Philippe. Hello, uh, Philippe. How are you? Philippe, you were muted. Philippe once, Philippe twice. Okay. Uh, Razvan, uh, what do you think about uh, Exportal? And uh, what do you think about um, the, the first uh, year anniversary of this uh, Dear wallet. Hi guys. So um, yeah, I think a lot of things were already uh, spoken. So I think, of course, uh, Exportal evolved a lot from uh, from Myr, um, and uh, I think a lot of people uh, like it and they prefer it over. Uh, I don't know the browser extension or other type of of wallets. Just because I mean, people uh, spend a lot of time on on mobile and they don't use desktop anymore for anything. And we can see that in all the analytics we have on everything. So um, I think the focus on a mobile wallet is it's it's wise. Um, as you were mentioning before, of course, being built. Uh, by the foundation is a is a trade off which has which has a lot of advantages uh, and some some disadvantages uh, of course, but uh, I think uh, with the timing it was launched and um, even before that really like with Maya and everything um, I think it was a very good decision because. Um, the alternative to have it built by a third party, uh, maybe it would have take, taken a lot more time and maybe the quality, let's say, of the, the end result wouldn't have been the, the same. So having it, it built, I think it helped a lot of, uh, of people joining the ecosystem uh, until now. So, uh, I'm not a daily uh, user really of, of, of Exportal, uh, but um, the, I mostly use it to I don't know, connect to, uh, to, to the apps and uh, interact with, with them because yeah, really it's, it's the easiest uh, way to do so. Um, so I'm, I don't have probably the most informed opinions on all the features, 
but from what I have seen, I think a lot of, uh, of, of things are going in the right direction with it. Uh, integrating, for example, the uh, swap aggregator in it. And I think uh, having more, uh, I don't know, uh, building blocks from the ecosystem integrating integrated into it would uh, would help a lot. Yeah, Arno? Yeah, Rasman, what, um, what's your opinion on the growth? Because um, my R wallet managed to attract 1.2 million users, and, and it was it's a just a 300k user increase over the year. So I know there's churn, etc. So it's probably more, but you know, what's yeah, your I think on that? yeah, I mean, I think also the, the the period was was different, or the times were different when my was launched and when Portal was launched. Uh, I mean, the overall ecosystem and the bear market and everything. So, Maya was launched really in a way better position, let's say, than the next portal, I think. And, um, I mean, we don't have the. I hear your point, uh, Rasban, but uh, some products yeah. that were launched grew. I mean, you see, you, you in other ecosystems, we see products products that are launched on, from scratch. Even in our ecosystem, some are launched from scratch and and manage to grow even even during that period of time. So I understand it's it's harder. But... Yeah, but it's also about yeah, but I I don't think it's really fair to compare new products with existing products because um, a lot of users from Wire, I mean were transferred to, to X portal. So when you compare to a new product, product, uh, those are entirely new users. So like you, you get my point, right? So, yeah, yeah I, get, I get your point. It's a tough question. Nobody has the, 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 the yeah, I mean, correct and, answer. And we also it's don't true. have the full picture here, like, I don't know, analytics and everything. So we, it, it's hard to really, uh, but like, the thing is that I think Xportal uh, is somehow binded to the entire growth of the entire ecosystem and all the projects inside because really like Xportal is somehow a tool to navigate the entire ecosystem and all projects uh, that are in it. So um, that's, that's uh, <laughs> I didn't want to put the finger on this, but it, you're exactly right. Xportal is the only gateway. So if Exporter grows by 25% over the year. It means that the number of users for the total ecosystem can't have it, it, it is this is the cap. So we had an increase of 300k uh, use. Oh no, you have the web wallet too. So and the web wallet works also. So no, that's it's not true what I said. Yeah, but I think uh, like uh, the, the order of usage is like X portal, then the extension, maybe then web web wallet, and uh, uh, I mean that's a guess. I, I don't have the numbers, of course. I don't have analytics for any of the products, but yeah, and I also I think there's one thing we're we're not taking to account, which I think is quite important, is that we're not talking about daily active users or monthly active users. We're talking about total users and. We have to remember that the launch of the Maya exchange was economically incentivized uh, to an extent that we haven't seen. And it's a bit the same with airdrops, etc. Like, yes, 
you will get the all time high of users and it's going to like show that like you get like a lot of adoption but then the problem is how do you like keep that going how do you compete with that uh, and i think that is kind of the way shooting yourself in the foot because as you say any growth past that point is going to feel slower and so i don't think the total number of exportal wallets um is a good way to check it because it's it goes with the market etc etc so should exportal have better incentives or more incentives to get new users and be more adapted to um everyday use probably but to compare it to um to compare it to its initial numbers, which were highly economically incentivized, just uh, feels wrong to me. Yeah, I mean, there are. I mean, we can. I think we can talk for hours on, on this subject because to go back on one thing and uh, to follow on on what you actually said. Uh, yeah, there are a lot of practices to attract users, like the airdrop season right now, uh, but. This is not really a, a good way to do things. It is okay. You can build uh, a quick audience, some quick numbers, and things like that. But those people are not there to do anything or use anything as long as the airdrop is over. So it, it creates again some some wrong narratives because I see products, for example, right now. Uh, launching on on Twitter and everything, and if you go into the comments, the comments are okay. But is there any airdrop? Why should we use it? Is there any airdrop? And like those users, let's assume, for example, Exportal draws an airdrop. Then, what benefit would that bring, or would that cost? Would like uh, would be worth it because. Uh, for example, we we need users and exportal to then they go to, into the ecosystem, into other projects and things like that. So if they just come to farm an airdrop and they don't even interact with any project or they don't have the intention because, okay, you can make them interact by putting different rules to the airdrop. But what I'm going, where I'm going with this is that we need to see what, uh practices don't just give us some quick numbers and uh for a huge amount of, of money and then just goes maybe even uh even to a lower point that it, it was before because jakim i think mentioned a, a very good thing because yeah if you have a, a very quick uh, uh growth and you can sustain that because yeah the truth is that a lot of these tactics are not sustainable because you can't just airdrop things for the next 10 years uh, then you would have you would go even lower probably because uh you wouldn't be able to sustain that people will get mad they will get frustrated and, and things like that uh, so i think it's, it's important and also uh, going back to the comparison with other wallets or other products and, and things like that it's it's very hard to navigate from outside on what's real and what's not and or what's manipulated and what's not because of course we don't have access to real numbers from any of those products we just get access to i don't know 
Twitter feeling and uh, what's being communicated by them or things like that or what yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we we're back to we're back to visions and builders uh, builders visions and it's uh, i think that you are you are pretty much aligned uh with with what multiverse sex that the foundation is trying to do a building more uh, an organic flywheel uh instead of you know um incentivizing um quick and uh quick and dirty uh growth that that will not be sustained over time so it's in the end it's it's strategic uh thinking and strategic vision here um and let's see how it plays out um G G i don't know joaquim do you have any uh any other things to add on top grm no 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 i think we we're done and i think we 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 spoke about the the whole topic and thank you resvan for, for for your opinion about this i think we could speak about exportal for hours of course but it was uh uh, just a, a small topic, but we will, of course, speak about it later. Um, so, uh, and thank you, Joachim and Arno, uh, for, 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 for this. It was uh, very interesting. Uh, so now, Razvan, let's uh, uh, start uh, the interview, um, because it's a real pleasure to have you this morning with me, with us. And so we will try to get to know you more. Uh, of course, we'll speak about the different projects uh, that you have been building on uh, uh, Multiversics for uh, two or three years now. You will uh, tell us more uh, later. But first of all, can you tell us about you, uh, your background, uh, even before entering uh, Elrond at, at the time? Yeah, that's uh, that's the, the beginning of my presentation on next day, like two years ago. <laughs> uh, so... Uh... I mean, as a, as a profession, I'm a software developer. Um, so I've been doing before Multiverse X. Uh, I've been doing all sorts of things, starting from freelancing to having other uh, Web2 businesses. Um, and I've been into uh, blockchain for several years before uh, Multiverse X, but more on the technical side of it, not really... I mean, almost zero crypto-related stuff. Um, and um, as you mentioned, I've joined the... I mean, I've started building on Multiverse X, not really joined, more than uh, two years ago. Uh, and um, started with, uh, with Giants and... Uh, then okay so iron uh, giant yeah. what was your first uh, uh project your first uh, uh how old are you Rezvan? uh 26 26 okay and uh <laughs> okay okay um we are all uh, older here uh <laughs> yeah i'm used to that <laughs> sure but that's uh, impressive uh what, what you did uh, at, at 26 year old um so let's speak a bit uh, a bit about uh iron giants um, are you a gamer, basically? Why did you choose to build? Uh, because it's not just a game, of course, but it's mostly presented like a, a play to earn, a like a game. Why a game and not something else? Uh, now we know what you're building uh, since. Sure. So uh, 
first of all, Giants didn't start it um, as, a, as a game project. Um, that's uh, the game started or the project pivoted to a game like uh, more than one year ago. Uh, initially, uh, Giants, uh, we started to, to build different products, uh, if you maybe remember. Uh, then uh, those weren't working very well, so we kind of pivoted and we tried to analyze everything on, uh, okay, what are the trends, what's, uh, where are things going? And uh, based on that uh, and what we like to do and, and things like that, we uh, started to shape uh, Giant's village. Um, to answer your question, if I'm a gamer, I play games. I don't really like to call myself a, a gamer as, because I, I don't do that 24-7. Uh, that's, that's coding and other, other stuff. <laughs> uh, but um, we have gamers in the team, but also we, uh, we have, uh, we've worked with specialists on that specific uh, things, because even if you are a gamer, really building a game is completely different because uh, it's a lot of math, it's a lot of formulas behind, it's a lot of other uh, things that even if you are a gamer, uh, it's, yeah, algorithm uh, is the key, and the 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 gaming and 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 earning mechanisms are very hard to to test and to to be sure that they are good for for the players, but yeah, also and, for the project itself. Yeah, what I'm going with this is that, uh, first of all, Giant's uh, Village is not your regular uh, game. And um, what I'm saying with this is that, first of all, Web3 created some new type of, of games. Because I don't think, for example, let's say, take Giant's Village, which is a farming simulation game, let's say. But you can compare it with things like, I don't know, Farmville or things like that. But I don't think that's a fair comparison because I don't really classify Jan's Village as the same type of game as, as Farmville or other similar games because uh, you have completely new mechanics that really uh, are only possible in, in Web3. You have access to that global market, which brings that financial part to it, which brings an entire new set of uh, of, of, of rules, of uh, ways to interact, of ways to engage with, with the product and everything. So uh, what I'm trying to say is that, first of all, I think uh, in a lot of scenarios, when you look to some Web3 games, I think the best way is to like, try to forget everything you know about games and <laughs> try to, to learn again. Because when you... Uh, speak the word game, you just instantly go to some things that you know about games and how games were working. But if you remember games, uh, most games like are uh, banning, for example, trading, you can't, if you try to trade your, your account for money, okay, that you get banned. Or if you, a lot of mechanics are like really counterintuitive uh, in, in Web3 games. So, um, going back to, to Giant's Village. Uh, um, 
Let, yeah. Let's speak. If you if you if you if you don't mind, uh, sure. I understand your your point about the the game. Um, let's speak about the NFTs because uh, you uh, launched. Uh, I think it was three collections. First of all, the giants, the men. After we had, the, I think, the potion, and after the women, but the women were not sold. It was a, a like a yeah. transmutation with the the potion and the uh, the giants, the men ones. Uh, so let's speak about maybe the NFT ecosystem on Multiverse Six because you are here for two for two years now. You've been here for two years now, like all of us, and some of us are here for longer, of course. But anyway, uh, you saw it evolving from Neogen to Coco. Let's like say like that, okay? Uh, yeah. What do you think about the evolution and how... Uh, and I would like also to speak about the marketing you did because, you know, now it's like an example for some project because I'm sure you remember, but maybe the audience don't. Um, your mint was kind of uh, uh, different than ours. Uh, can you uh, tell us... Uh, How was the mint? Uh, because it was not every day, correct? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, speaking about the mint, uh, we started minting like when uh, signs of, of bear market started to appear. But when we initially started minting, uh, most people were like, oh, okay, it's going It's, it's gonna go up again, no issues. So like people were somehow in a in a denial <laughs> uh, phase. But uh, and our mint initially was structured in three phases. Uh, was a very small uh, drop at the beginning and a, at a, at a really uh, discounted price. Uh, then we had a, a second uh, drop, a bit bigger at the normal price, and then the last like. The, the rest uh, again at uh, the normal price. Uh, so uh, the the middle one was with uh, with the whitelist, and the uh, the third one was uh, like generally available. So um, we sold the the first uh, drop like almost instantly in I don't know less than one minute, uh, and uh, then we had the. Of, of course, a lot of people couldn't buy and things like that. And we had the, the next drop, I don't know, one week later or a few days. I, I really don't remember. It was like more than, than two years ago. And um, then in, in the meantime, in, I don't know, during one week or things like that, things started to like uh, shift uh, a lot in, in, the, in the community and people were like uh, more anxious That, okay. okay, maybe. And so you, you took a decision, a very uh, uh, interesting decision. I mean, we, we followed the, the plan we had. Like, probably the uh, better decision at, at that time was to just continue the, the mint because a lot of people were like angry that they couldn't uh, mint. So, waiting one week for, for them to just return and uh, also the. the, the, the Price was was different. It, the initial drop was like fifty uh, percent uh, discounted, um, and uh, then the, the second drop was was again sold out, but not that quick as, as the, the first one. Uh, I think it it was a few hours. Not not sure or things like that. Um, 
And uh, then we moved to the big chunk that was, uh, I think, around 7K or things like that. Uh, but in the meantime, again, one week later, or I, I don't remember the, the difference between the drops, um, things uh, went even like deeper into the bear market sentiment and people were, uh, price was constantly uh, going, going down. And uh, then we had some troubles uh, uh, selling uh, further because uh, I mean, I, I don't know, the, the mean stopped at some point and it was going very slow. And then we tried uh, to switch to some, some different uh, tactics. We first split it into multiple uh, drops and we were planning those for, uh, I don't know. And, the, and the price were uh, increasing also. Uh, no, no, no. That was the last thing that we uh, we we did uh, because really the the mint. I don't remember exactly how we minted like in the in the beginning. Maybe it was like 2.5k or something like that from 10k. Um, and then we tried different things during the next weeks and months. Uh, really, the the first thing that we did was to split it into smaller drops and schedule them during the next weeks um but then what we switched to was minting during weekends so each weekend we were opening the uh the mint no limit no everything mm -hmm. and um that was uh going like kind of better than scheduled drops uh each time and um then um the last thing that we we did was also mainly because as, as i mentioned uh during that period the price was going down pretty aggressively uh because it it, it was like one month or two months after the all-time high just to okay uh, Razan, we will try uh so, sorry bro we will yeah. try to make shorter answers because we have sure. many questions yeah. so. uh, <laughs> let but, me just uh, <laughs> wrap this up really quick sure. and, thank you um yeah, so um, as I mentioned, the sentiment was, was really bad. And um, what we uh, did, just because the price was, uh, the price difference from when we started minting to the, the, the current period there was very, uh, was, the difference was very high. So uh, we said, okay, starting next uh, weekend, we'll increase the price just because the EGLD price when we started minting was, I don't know, uh, a lot higher. So um, what that actually uh, did was, without that specific intention, was to uh, finish uh, minting in during one weekend, and we minted like the rest of 4.5 or 5K giants in only in that weekend. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, that's with with, uh, with with male giants, and then the potions uh, were also like one uh, year later, something like that. And uh, you were right; you can combine one potion with one male giant, and you get a female giant. 
and they different they have different roles. Uh, okay. In, my, in the my, game. my question was, uh, thank you for this overview, very interesting. Uh, but uh, what's uh, your vision of the NFT ecosystem on Multiverse Six since you saw the evolution? Uh, what's yeah. uh, the strength and the and the weakness? Um, and after I will sure. let uh, Joachim speak about the the game because he's a, a big 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 gamer uh, uh, thing that I'm not actually. So rather than about the NFT ecosystem. Uh, Sure. So Thanks. yeah, I think the, the the ecosystem evolved a lot uh, during the past more than two years, really. Uh, starting from uh, the quality of the projects, the teams, and and everything, because at the beginning there were a lot of uh, projects that were just selling for the sake of selling. But now, uh, and that's also from the community side, of course, because uh, really the community is the one that's buying. Um, so, uh, right now, I think we see a lot of different projects, more diverse use cases and, and everything. So I think it's a clear, clear, clear evolution, uh, for, for the, uh, NFT ecosystem. And, uh, I think, uh, the NFT ecosystem helped a lot during this bear market to keep the community united and keep the, the, the people uh, here, uh, together and, uh, like, I don't know, active and, uh, and, and things like that. So I think, uh, the, the NFT ecosystem helped a lot during this, this, this bear market to, to sustain the ecosystem and the, the morale and everything. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much. Um, maybe Joachim, you want to, uh, uh speak about the game. Before we speak about uh, all the coin drip and payment thing, uh, but 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 ga ga gaming is very important to th this morning, um, Joachim. Of course. So I like to describe him as a big gamer when I actually never have time to play any game. I have so little time to play games that I I look I watch walkthroughs of people playing games instead of playing them myself because I don't have time. <laughs> but um, it's uh, yeah, I think. Just like gaming and web free is a, is a fascinating topic, and I would love to hear like how well what brought you to create the game in the way you created it and decided to um, to use um, well blockchain. I guess like you are one of the first games on MVX, and I must say it was a discussion I was having uh, with a friend uh, last night. We don't have that many games on MVX, so uh, it's great to see yours, and I would love to yeah get the story on how you decided to and the steps to launch of the game part and not the NFTs. Sure, uh, and I'll try to be uh, quicker. <laughs> so, um, we designed the, the game based on uh, the, the strengths of, of our team and also what we, we liked. So, um, most of us, uh, lately at least, were playing a lot of more casual games and things like that. So. That's the, 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 the niche we uh, went to, but not only because we were attracted to this type of games, but also um, because those type of, of games in our vision are more suited to be built, uh, or we can build those fully uh, on-chain or a big part of it on-chain. Of course, with the technology we have so far, because yeah, maybe in, I don't know, one, two, three, five years, when a lot of uh, advancements will be done, you maybe will play, I don't know, Counter-Strike on chain of some sort. But um, 
going back, uh, so those were the two key factors on why we, on how we uh, decided on, okay, how it will look like. So uh, then we had, of course, this thing in mind that, okay, we want to use the technology and we want to like take advantage of the technology, not only put it uh, in, in the name of, of the game. So um, a lot of things that we see valuable for, for games uh, in, in, in blockchain is, is a, first of all, of course, the access to the, this global market. So everything uh, can be freely traded and you can, uh, you can create a lot of new mechanics with, with this. And uh, the second big thing is interoperability. It's, it's very easy to integrate other protocols or other games and communicate with them. So just a quick, quick, quick example. So for example, uh, you, we have on the roadmap to uh, integrate XOX not directly into the game and you will be able to uh, buy and interact with things or marketplaces directly from the game or uh, swap to aggregator to be able to just freely exchange things easily from the, the game without needing to, I don't know, visit different exchanges or F-swap or things like that. So uh, these are things that uh, are like 99% impossible to do uh, outside uh, without, I don't know, different companies' permissions or without them opening up different parts of, of their product. So um, there are a lot of, of, of advantages, but in order for us to be able to fully like uh, bring them to the game, of course, you have to have as many business logic on chain and um, to be able to uh, tap into, into, into those. So, uh, and, and then of course, it's, it's the entire layer of, of transparency and everything because uh, People that are played don't need to ask us anything. They can just visit the Explorer or, I don't know, we can forward them links to the Explorer on a lot of matters and they can check there and, uh, I don't know, trace everything and uh, figure by, uh, by themselves. Um, now, uh, with, with, with this, yeah, go ahead, please. No, no, I, 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 I thought you were done and I was going to move ahead to the next question. But if you want to add something, feel free. No, no, to. no, I think it's better to, to move because <laughs> then if I start something else, yeah. So um, there's another big topic in uh, web free gaming, which is friction, right? We are all yeah. used with casual games, as you say, that like you can connect through Apple, Google, etc. It's very quickly set up. And I know you've created a form of account abstraction when it comes to the wallet. Do you care about like introducing that and explaining the how it works? Sure. First of all, I think there are, uh, as I mentioned, there are some different type of of, of Web3 games, let's say. So uh, to start with a comparison, like um, let's say you have a, a, a Barbie game where you dress Barbie and everything, and then you have uh, Counter-Strike. Uh, the audiences for these type of games are like totally different. So probably someone that plays Counter-Strike won't play uh, and dress Barbie in, in another game. So uh, with, with games, it's, it's the same. So uh, going back to what I mentioned before that uh, I, I see like 
Farmville very different to a Web3 Farmville version is also because of, of the audience. Uh, and again, this is based on how you decide to uh, build the, the game, not necessarily uh, you can, because you see a lot of uh, Web3 games that have a stronger connection with, with the blockchain and some others that have a lower connection with, with the blockchain. So of course, based on, on, on that, you kind of uh, have different mechanics and have other ways of, of interacting. So uh, for, uh, for us, uh, I, I'm not saying uh, the, the friction is not only uh, the only thing, that's what I'm trying to say. Uh, it, it's also the, the mechanics and the features that you have into, into the game. Because, for example, if you have a lot of trading features or uh, a lot of, of Web3 related features, maybe those will also be very hard uh, for, for people, even if it's the easiest to connect and it's maybe, maybe it, it, it looks like a Web2 game but you have a lot of features that are hard to understand, not because they are hard to use, but because people just are not used to, to them. Uh, now, going back to, to us, of course, uh, the, one of the first thing when we started to design the game was, okay, but we don't want the user to uh, scan his uh, exportal QR code each time he goes in and then he places a building or doing, I don't know, other action and needs to get his phone out and click sign and everything. So um, since almost day one, when we started building the game, we uh, designed a, a wallet system very, very, very similar to I don't know, X alias, for example. Uh, and uh, but of course, more custom to, to our game needs. That also allows us to build further on top of it later and I don't know, allow you to connect with your email or Google account or whatever other uh, provider. And um, that basically, uh, you have your inventory wallet, that's what we call it, or just simply inventory. And that's basically the wallet that you interact into the game. The only time you need to use your uh, main wallet, either exporter or extension or, uh, things like that is when you want to transfer assets from your main wallet to your inventory. Uh, and uh, yeah, I think that's, that's the only, uh, oh uh, yeah, that's, that's the only, only time you need to use your, your main wallet. And uh, of course, the feeling inside the game is, for example, you need to place a building, you just click place, just in a regular game, you see a loading animation there, but behind the scenes, it's doing a, a, a transaction on the blockchain. Uh, since we started until now, we uh, started to optimize a lot of operations and try really to uh, reduce the, the gas costs as, as much as possible. Uh, we are also exploring right now uh, ways to, uh, we are also exploring a sovereign shard uh, side because um, having a, a game on chain is is hard, really. Uh, I mean, mostly on chain, uh, mostly because of, of the fees, really. 
uh, and even if they are uh, as, as small as possible, um, they still add up. But the fees are not the only the only thing, uh, because uh, being able to shape the the chain with with different features that suits games like I don't know, faster uh, resolution time for transactions and uh, other 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 features uh, are uh, are are awesome. But we are still uh, I don't know in research phase for for this yeah and as you say like as as we're also looking into serving shots with uh, gapa labs to be completely transparent because as you say fees add up you sign a transaction it costs you only a cent or even less than a cent but you sign a hundred thousand transactions a day it becomes money and like it becomes quite a lot by the end of the month so um i i wanted to understand uh, looking for sovereign shards and it, my next question comes then do you think everything on the web free game needs to be on chain i mean again going to what i said before it really depends on the type of game uh, i don't see i don't know counter strike for example on chain right now because I don't know, signing a transaction each time you shoot your weapon, it's <laughs> not really, uh, I don't know, a, a good gaming experience. Um, and again, I think this comes down to, uh, as, I, as I mentioned before, you really need to uh, define, like, I think two things, like, uh, first of all, the, the type of game you want to build, and secondly, uh, based on that, uh, figure out how much blockchain interaction you need and how how that helps you. Because uh, for example, with Giants Village, uh, it, it's a lot of focus on uh, the trading part and, and some, some other things, but maybe uh, on Counter-Strike, for example, or I don't know, other, other games, maybe that's not the focus of the game. So uh, it, it really depends. I, first of all, I don't think all games needs to be on chain or for a matter not everything in this world needs to be on on chain you need to figure out um, the advantages and uh, what you actually use uh, from that but uh, sovereign shards and i don't know more tailored uh, uh, blockchains can help you uh, facilitate some projects that maybe uh, have a lot of advantages for running on-chain, but are not really uh, doable or uh, yeah doable on either or running on on mainnet uh, right now. So and what other mention that uh, I wanted to do is uh, I really believe for most projects we should aim for. Uh, niche sovereign shards, not for something like each project with its own sovereign shard uh, for, for, for multiple uh, reasons. I don't think we need to go into uh, very, very deep into that right now, but uh, I think we should aim for uh, projects working together and uh, building, a, let's say, I don't know, finance sovereign shard, gaming sovereign shard, uh, I don't know, whatever. Yeah. You're, you're, you're raising a very interesting uh, point on the sovereign shard part that like 
right now it feels like every project, well, not every project, but quite a lot of projects are like, we want to do a very own sovereign shard, um, but it's like maybe someone else's sovereign shard, or you could like create an agglomeration of um, of projects that need the same, let's say, transaction time or other. So, but, but I feel like sovereign shard, we're getting a bit away from uh, the main topic, which is uh, yeah. gaming. Um, one critic, because I, I I love to read and um, about gamers that are negative about Web3 and kind of like mock, um, make fun of the, the Web3 um, gaming, because I think so, so, some of the critic is valid, even though they obviously add a bit of salt to, uh, to spice it up. But um, how do you ensure, how do you build a game so it doesn't become pay to win or pay to earn? That's the progression can feel um, rewarding, no matter how much you invested or not. Actually, if you, if there is, I don't, I know there is no free to play as of now on Giants, but uh, is that something you have on the roadmap? And like, how do you uh, battle against that pure like pay to earn or pay to win uh, mechanics? Yeah. So uh, I mean, first of all, a big difference in Web two and Web three games is that on Web two games you pay to unlock something that you don't actually have so you can't so let's say i don't know i buy a character in league of legends um i unlocked that character it's not really mine i can't sell it and get my money back or refund it or whatever so a big difference is that in in web web3 games you buy and own that and you can sell it later so it's not really like you paid something to the game to unlock something, but you bought something that you can uh, sell later so you can play with it and then sell it. So that's a, a big difference, I, I think. And um, secondly, uh, related to, to Giants, to be more specific, uh, it's not, uh, you, you can advance in the, in the game with everything that you, uh, do in the game of course to start yeah it's it's not let's say uh free to start just yet um but uh then after you uh, have some giants and some some tokens everything else to advance in the game is not gated by anything of course you can advance faster uh, with tokens and some some other some other things uh but it's any there's no system that's gated after that through i don't know having more nfts or more tokens or things like that and um secondly regarding the the stages for for giants so we have three main stages right now we are in let's say stage one uh where you need at least one giant to uh to play the game um the second stage, which will uh, go live uh, next uh, next month, uh, towards the uh, the end, uh, is uh, giants renting. So people that have too many giants would be able to rent giants, uh, and uh, this will significantly lower the costs to trying the game, or even like. People that are playing right now, but can't, uh, they want to expand maybe or things like that, and they won't uh, afford to buy more gens. They can rent some for a limited time or 
again, it can create create a lot of uh, new mechanics. And the third stage uh, that it's not planned or scheduled right now, just because it's really somehow dependent on the on the ecosystem growth and some other things, is the the giant's breeding where you will be able to create second, third generation giants and so on. Um, this so this will kind of uh, give the the power of creating new spots to uh, already uh, existing players, and uh, we have a lot of mechanics here that will will benefit both like existing players and uh, and new players, and even some uh, ways of allowing uh, people to try the the game uh without like investing uh, anything uh, of course just the fees for now but depending on how everything will evolve like sovereign shards and everything maybe we can even like skip those so uh another mention that i i wanted to do here and and i'm, I'm done with this um is that uh, this approach with opening the the game to more and more and more people helped us <coughs> a lot because um, naturally at the beginning and we, we started with four devnet releases then uh, mainnet release with at least owning at least one giant then moving to renting and then breeding so this allows us to improve the game as we go and of course it's easier to improve at the beginning with a smaller uh, audience because um, as, as with the DevNet releases, we open them uh, slowly to more and more and more people. And naturally at the beginning, you have the most issues or the most obvious issues and things like that. So it's way easier to manage everything with a smaller group of people. And then as you have a, a better and better and better product, open it to more and more and more people. Uh, because uh, then you would open a better project to more people rather than opening a, I don't know, less good project to uh, a huge amount of, of people and uh, being very hard to managing all those, that feedback and implementing it and, and so on. And yeah. also people have very contradictory feedback, like maybe I want something, but you, the other person doesn't want that and he wants other thing. And um, what I wanted to point out here is that managing feedback is not only, okay, he wants that, okay, we'll do that. Is also like you absorb all, those all that feedback, you need to filter it, plan it, see what you do, what you don't do and things like that. So it's a lot of work into that. Yeah, and as you say, like you actually answered one of the the questions I would have is it was about um, user growth and the fact that like I think Giants is a ten thousand uh, NFT collection if I'm not wrong. Um, so even if everyone only owned one Giant, you would be limited to ten thousand players. But as you say, with potentially a free to play version later on, but also as you were saying, the fact that they can breed and therefore creating more giants and therefore um, growing organically in a way through breeding um, with the user base is a, is a very interesting way of doing it. Uh, my very last question, and then I'll let uh, GRM uh, take over, 
is about uh, rewards. So as I understand, the main reward in the game for the leaderboard is a giant token. I know that each thing you produce in the game is uh, a SFT and that you can sell your wood, you can sell um, um, well all your resources, but the leaderboard itself is in giant. So the first leaderboard you did, you paid the top three, and now as I saw in your announcements, if it was yesterday or the day before, you're doing the top 10. Um, so uh, there's two questions in one, like, isn't that quite what we call in poker top heavy, meaning like you're focusing and giving a lot to very few, which would then put for reward mostly the people who have a lot of NFTs, or is it more like growing with the users? So you don't have that many users as you would like to. So you're growing the leaderboard um, proportionally to the number of users you have. Uh, yeah, so uh, the first mention is that there are uh, three type of uh, for right now, because of course there are features in the pipeline that will create new use cases and new scenarios. But with everything that's, uh, that exists right now and it's announced right now, there are three uh, type or types of getting giant from the game right now. So, uh, and they are also, they are not randomly uh, chosen this way. So uh, there's the option that I was mentioning uh, before with giants renting. So if you don't even want to play the game, but you have giants, you can rent them uh, and get uh, tokens for them. Then the second one is for every player out there. And that's from quests. You can solve quests uh, by playing on your own uh, piece. So you can, I don't know, choose to enter uh, five minutes each day. And of course, based on that, you will be able to solve a few quests. Maybe you choose to enter one hour each day. And of course, you will be able to solve more quests by doing that. So quests is a way to uh, advance in the game, but in the same time, uh, get some giant tokens. And that's for everyone. And then we have the third one, which are leaderboards. And those are, of course, for people that really uh, give some time to the game and want to compete with, with others. And of course, if other people give more time to the game, it's naturally they will be uh, higher into the leaderboard. Now, regarding uh, giants, uh, so leaderboards, you don't really need more giants to, to get into leaderboards. Uh, one mention that I want to do here really, really, really quick is that uh, right now we only have leaderboards based on quests. But of course, leaderboards can be created on, on multiple, uh, I don't know, uh, metrics from the, from the game. Uh, why we went with leaderboards uh, at the beginning is that we wanted a metric that's easy uh, to compete uh, for example, a low-level village with a high-level village. And uh, quests are assigned to players based on uh, their evolution. So uh, players at the beginning of the game, of course, have easier quests and players uh, that are more advanced in the game have uh, harder quests. So it's fair to say that a low level player can compete with a 
uh, high-level player in, in quests because each of them have quests based on their evolution. So um, now going back, what I'm, uh, what I'm saying is that, of course, you have some advantages because you can, for example, go and buy resources from, from marketplaces from other players, and you can use those to complete uh, quests faster. But that's what it is with access to a, a market and being able to freely trade stuff. So uh, what I'm saying is that to rank high in the, in the leaderboard, there's a combination of a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of factors that happen during that week because leaderboards reset each week. So uh, you can sometimes buy some resources from marketplace because maybe you don't have enough. Uh, maybe, uh, oh, and to mention how quests work for people that don't know, each four hours, uh, two NPCs that offer three quests, each NPC offers uh, three quests, uh, appear in your village. So each four hour you get a set of six new quests. You can decide to, I don't know, enter the game and complete them. Uh, you can skip some, you can, so it's, it, it's, there are a lot of variables uh, that kind of dictate your, your place in the leaderboard because the place in the leaderboard is mainly uh, based, you get a score and that score is mainly based on how uh, many quests you solve during that week, but also the difficulty of that quests based on your, uh, on your progression, because uh, sometimes you get uh, slightly harder quests that require you to, I don't know, struggle a little. Sometimes you get quests that are okay for you. Sometimes you get quests that are a little, slightly easier for you. So uh, every, all, of, all of those kind of uh, count in the score that you, you have. So I hope that somehow. Uh, yeah, yeah, thank you. I, th I think that clarifies the different uh, earning mechanisms in the game. Uh, I'm done on my end when it comes to Giants and uh, the game part, uh, GRM, if you want to take yeah. over. Yeah, definitely. Thank you very much for this very uh, uh, interesting exchange about gaming. And unfortunately, I asked before to make short answers. That's why I love you guys. Um, let's speak about payment, uh, Razvan, and not only payment, but can you tell us about uh, CoinDrip? And uh, just can you pitch CoinDrip in one minute, just so everybody understands what it is? And congrats for the award uh, at the um, hackathon at Bucharest. So you now give me the one minute rule? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <We're>, so... <laughs> I have to. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, CoinDrip is a, is a token streaming protocol. So instead of having like uh, instant transfer, like you can do from the web wallet or anything, uh, you can create a stream uh, from you towards the recipient with a specific amount in any token you want. Uh, and that will stream for a period of, I don't know, one month, one week, one year, depending on what you choose. Uh, so a, a very simple example for, for this, it's let's say you uh, have some vested tokens or you want to make a payment, let's say easier, uh, a salary. Each month you want to pay 1000 USDC to someone instead of sending them at the beginning of the month or at the end of the month, that amount of tokens, you can create a stream 
for that period with those tokens. And each second, or based on the rules uh, you decide to unlock, uh, those tokens will be streamed toward the, the recipients uh, at the, uh, let's say, middle of the month, that recipient will have access to around half of, of his tokens. Yeah, that's the basic okay. use case. Okay, sounds of good. Reminds me uh, uh, more or less what Pulsar Money is building at the moment. Um, is there any uh, uh, thing that you decided to do together or do you think it's something completely different? I mean, there are some common use cases. Um, we are we are talking, of course, uh, but uh, right now we are not doing anything together. No. Okay. Uh, what's uh, the different uh, use case? Uh, let's dive in a, a bit. And uh, do you already have some uh, users, or it's uh, just uh, in, uh, in 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 building at the moment? Uh, so I mean, uh, Coindrip has Coindrip V1, which is live for more than one year. Um, and there's CoinDrip V2, which is not live yet. Um, oh. CoinDrip V1, uh, yeah, it has users for more than, uh, for let's say around one year. Uh, and uh, CoinDrip V2, as I mentioned, is, is not uh, launched, uh, launched yet. Okay. Um, okay, okay. Uh, maybe Joachim, you have a, uh, some questions about uh, CoinDrip? So I've looked into CoinDrip uh, a few times and I know that, uh, if I'm not wrong, CoinDrip also, uh, yeah, it's CoinDrip that won the, the hackathon, right? Not Giants. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I, the presentation of the V2 uh, looks good and I look forward to testing it. But it's true, like, as Jerem said, it's interesting to have, like, several actors that are interested uh, in facilitating payments, you're doing it through scheduled and, uh, as you call it, like continuous payment, while um, Pulsar, as of now at least, focuses on uh, vesting and uh, social payments. What What is the feature in V2 you believe is going to be the most used or appreciated by um, the community? Well, by the community, probably it will be uh, the thing that in uh, V2 token streams will be represented by an NFT. So you can go and sell that NFT on NFT marketplaces or use it as, as collateral in, uh, in, in, in borrowing. So uh, imagine, for example, you have your salary that's paid each month, so that's a stream, and you can go and sell your, I don't know, salary for that month uh, at the middle of the month for a discount and not wait the the, the rest of, of the month to get it. Or uh, let's say you have a, a vesting schedule and uh, you maybe want to get out of the project, but of course you can't because the, the tokens are not unlocked yet you can sell that vesting schedule, let's say, uh, to someone someone else that gets it for a, for a discount, of course, and continue waiting uh, until the tokens are unlocked. Um, of course, you can also borrow against, uh, but 
here, of course, the borrowing platform defines its own rules of what it wants to accept and, and not as collateral. But uh, let's say you have a streaming USDC uh, that's easier uh, and uh, you can borrow against that because uh, for the borrowing, borrowing platform, that's uh, that's a solid uh, collateral because they know it. They know the exact terms when that will be unlocked and how and and all the conditions of of the stream. Probably that's the most interesting uh, feature for the community. Okay, cool. Yeah, um, so, sounds like a cool. As I said, like I look forward to testing the V two. I tested the V one uh, when it launched, and uh, I think like payment has been a big focus on MVX in general, and uh, it seems to still be it with the Ibans etc. coming to Exportal. So maybe we will become that layer one that is used. Um, by uh, yeah as we're talking a billion users um for small payments and as you said like scheduled ones and um, jerem yeah um thank you very much razvan for uh, uh this uh, interview can you uh i let i let you of course the the final words um uh, what's the next step the next milestones that you tr you're trying to achieve uh can be about uh, giants of course but also a uh, coin drip uh, maybe some date to uh to to save or uh something uh, <clears throat> yeah so um the next things that will be announced are uh, probably on Giants. And uh, as I mentioned, uh, Giants renting will go live next week. Uh, we've published uh, actually uh, some time ago on our blog on Giants uh, some, some plans for, for this year. And there are a lot of interesting uh, uh, things right, uh, right there. Uh, it's a pretty long article and I know you hate long things, so I <laughs> won't start again detailing it. But um, after after renting, uh, we'll start to announce, uh, we, we, are, we are actually working on an entire new system on, on Giants to expand, let's say, the, the gameplay uh, because from this year, since we launched uh, two months ago, we've constantly pushed some, let's say, smaller updates with some uh, really requested improvements, but not completely new thing. Um, but we are working on a completely new uh, thing, a very requested uh, thing, uh, let's say, around the PvP area. Uh, that's that's something like everyone asks. Okay. This is the game, but do you have PvP? <laughs> so uh, that's something that we are uh, working on. Um, but the very closest thing will be Jens renting, and then uh, some things related to uh, to the token and um, then uh, probably we'll start to to announce. Uh, the, the things about, as I said, the, the entire new gameplay, uh, but there are a lot of smaller, smaller stuff that will drop uh, along the way, as I mentioned, with Sovereign Shards and with, with a lot of, of other stuff, but 
there's a reason why they are not announced yet. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, I mean, uh, if they were out, they were out. <laughs> okay, okay, sounds good. So maybe yeah. we can uh, uh, remember about the PvP thing that is the main alpha uh, this this morning. So let's start the alarm. <laughs> Thank you uh, very very much, uh, Razvan. Um, I'm trying to reach uh, David Raymond, but uh, he, uh, for the moment, he doesn't accept the mic, and I don't ex I don't ask for it. Uh, so, David, if you can hear me, uh, accept uh, or ask the mic so you can speak. And if you don't, uh, we will uh, start the. Uh, um topic about uh, the trading card uh with uh, with Joachim um so david i let you yeah i can see that you can hear me so try to jump in and it will be oh okay sounds so, sounds very good uh, david can you hear me and me unmute yourself yeah yeah can you hear me now Yes, uh, perfect. Hello and welcome. Hello, hello everybody. Thanks for having me. Uh, so, Razvan, before you leave, uh, do you know David? Uh, I don't think we, we met, actually. Okay, that's the opportunity for you to uh, get to know each other since you're both building uh, uh, something around, uh, around gaming on Multiverse 6. Um, so... David, in a, a f really a few words, because I don't know uh, how long Razvan can stay with us this morning, but David, can you just pitch what you do in a few seconds? And I just would like to have a, a Razvan uh, opinion and maybe pieces of advice for you uh, before Razvan uh, maybe will have to, to leave us. Yeah, sure. So, uh, hello, everybody. I'm David Raymond, and as you may know, already know, I create uh, maps in Fortnite. And my idea some three weeks ago was to create a Multiverse X map inside the Fortnite and to go where the big fish is, you know. Uh, Fortnite has 40, uh, 400 million players right now, uh, the last year actually. And uh, my idea was to bring Multiverse X to the Fortnite players. So yeah, long story short, I create what I can uh, do the best inside Fortnite. And yeah, I want to bring people to Multiverse X. Thank you for this uh, small pitch. Razvan, do you, do, you, do you play Fortnite? Do you think this initiative can be good for the ecosystem? And do you have maybe some pieces of, uh, pieces of advice for, 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 for David? Uh, yeah, actually, I've played Fortnite. I don't think I've opened it for a few months now. Uh, but uh, I, it's one of the only games I've really played in the last years. I mean, bigger, bigger games, as I mentioned, like not, I don't know, casual, smaller games. Uh, so uh, I've seen a lot of, of pictures on, on, on Twitter. And I think it, it looks amazing. And based on, on this, I'd say uh, it has a lot of potential to uh, yeah bring, bring awareness because, as I mentioned, I've seen a lot of things 
going on, on Twitter and yeah, for the last weeks, I've seen a lot of pictures and things related to uh, to that. So uh, I think it's 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 great and it's great to maybe connect the community because as I mentioned at the beginning, NFTs I, I think had a very uh, strong role in uh, helping us go through this bear market here. And uh, one reason for that is not necessarily the technology behind it, but uh, the aspect of the community and connecting people and, and things like that. So again, I mean, the, the social aspects of, of it. And uh, I think this can do the, the same thing. So it can help people connect and have some uh, common topics and uh, interact and create some social bondings and uh, around, of course, the, the ecosystem. So, uh, yeah, I think it, it's a great, great initiative that can... Uh, okay, what about uh, maybe one, one advice or something for, for David? Well, I'm not sure if I <laughs> <laughs> the 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 Pandora of of advices, but uh, I mean, one advice uh, that I I follow, of course, is uh, to uh, do what you like and focus and and build what you what you like. So it it, it looks that he already does that. So I'm not sure what else to to uh, to to advise. Yeah. Okay, thank you, uh, Razvan, and stay stay with us if you can, and if you can't, uh, have a, a very very good day. And it was a pleasure to to have you this morning on GMMVX. Uh, chat soon. Sure. Thank. I, I have a call that started eight minutes ago, but <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, I need okay. to, to. Thanks to for jump, staying. Thanks, then. thanks a lot for for the invite. Yeah. Talk soon. Bye bye. Thank, bye bye. So, David, um, can you? Uh, Tell us a bit about you, your background, and how you arrived uh, on Multiversic. So maybe it was Elrond at the time. Tell us more about you. Yeah, sure. So, um, well, I run a business for almost 10 years now uh, in architecture and interior design. But in the last few months, um, I can say I switched the, not the career because I, Right now, I am working on a house. <laughs> I have the desk, the, the the computer in front of me and working on a house. Um, but um, talking about Multiverse X and the community that is there, uh, I joined uh, Multiverse X Elrond back then in 2018. So I'm early investor and I am all in uh, Multiverse X. So, yeah, I know a bit of ethereum and other chains but um, i just love multiverse x and what i want to do is to help the ecosystem grow with all i can have and and contribute to um and this initiative actually came after i saw so much drama on x when benjamin uh had the countdown and then the operation light speed and everybody was were like what this is the news for another news and yeah you know more um and i said hey guys why we have to complain about things like that let's build something and that's where i said i have to bring multiverse x in fortnite uh 
I already had some uh, cool maps, uh, almost reached 10,000 players playing my maps, uh, not at the same time. So this is important for those uh, who knows how, how the, the, the Fortnite ecosystem works. It's a big difference to have 1,000 players or 10,000 players in the same time and over a month. So it's a big uh, difference. Um, so yeah, that that was my my initiative back three weeks back, and uh, yeah, this is it. This is so, where we are going now. So, uh, how long uh, have you been uh, building this? Three weeks, you say? No. The the map, um, it's about uh, one month. The thing is. Uh, working in Fortnite as a creator, you don't have to do everything everything from scratch. Yeah, I know sure. you can take some kits or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly, okay. exactly. And the the mechanism is made in blueprints how the Unreal Engine works. I know Unreal Engine. I work with Unreal Engine from 2016, and that's why for me it's very straightforward and easy to understand how every tool works. But um, Epic Games, they did everything in-house. And after that, they gave us the possibility to combine the devices. That's the name, devices. So I am able to combine a lot of devices that they uh, give to us and create some interesting uh, topics inside the game. So you can have quests. You can maybe you saw I implemented the create wallet system. It's not it's not a web three game, but my focus is to gain awareness to the players on how blockchain works. Even even if this sounds a little bit too complicated for for, for the players, um, I think somehow I have to push the limit a little bit forward and uh, make them understand in a simple way what the blockchain is. But it's very tricky, it's very tricky because I'm not allowed to use external links, hooks, uh, QR codes, nothing that goes outside of the Fortnite ecosystem. They are so big that they don't need anybody else inside. Mm. Okay. Um, uh, is, is it the first map on, on, on Fortnite that you're building or are you used to... Uh this uh practice um no it's not my first map i had about i think 20 maps before created okay. and yeah i i saw how how the the bugs are coming in <laughs> mm -hmm. and when when i said uh everything it's working well when i published the the map and uh about uh, 400 players came uh it was a mess, a messing inside. So okay, yeah. when uh, when uh, do you plan to release? Uh, I think there will be like a beta version uh, before the the main version or something like that, or not? Yeah, uh, the idea with the beta version is that um, officially, when you hit, uh, th there are two, there are two, uh, uh, let's call it. Uh, ways to publish your maps. The first one is by uh, inviting some players with the code and to play test the map before publishing in Fortnite. Um, but I call it beta version uh, 
because I needed more than five or six friends that are playing in the same time in the playtest, in the private game, you know? So I said, let's make it public. Actually, it's 100% public, but I called it beta version because I knew from my experience that bugs will come and a lot of people will complain about uh, topics and I don't know, quests uh, that's not working well, that's not uh, how it's supposed to be and so on. That's why I called it beta version. But actually in Fortnite, when you publish a map, that's not a beta version uh, officially. It's okay, very public. clear. Yeah. Very clear. Thank, thank you. Thank you for it. What would you expect? Uh, which uh, uh, metrics uh, are you expecting for this map in uh, maybe uh, I don't know one month or one year? Uh, uh, how many users and and uh, what's uh, uh, what do you plan to make it known uh, on the Fortnite ecosystem? Uh, well, first of all, I want to get rid of all the bugs. Maybe ninety percent of the bugs because <laughs> you know. Sometimes the bugs are coming and you don't know how, how is that possible. But um, until now, for let, let me check. I have my, my screen in front of me. Uh, until now, for one week, uh, Friday, last, uh, last week, Friday was the official uh, uh, public release. Uh, we have almost 1,000 players in total, not at the same time, in total. Um, so yeah in one week and half uh 1000 players without any marketing yet because as i said i want to make it sure that everything was work as, as planned and also um after everything will be okay and the telegram community that i built we are about 200 members now um when everybody like more than 50 percent will be pleased with the version the update that is coming maybe today or tomorrow um then we will reach some big influencers in the fortnite ecosystem and um yeah this is how i plan to to do it it's a one-man show because i'm alone i work alone at this map for the moment but <laughs> i'm not alone to say that because a lot a lot a lot of people wrote to me on x good job hey the advice here if you want to make this an idea here and there you know a lot of people help me i i'm only the guy that makes the change inside fortnite okay then so sounds good um maybe uh joachim you have uh questions for uh david yeah and i think we could discuss like this fortnite strategy in general in addition to um to talking about your map so if you want to know uh i uh texted uh, my brother um last night and i was like i have a space with the guy who designed the fortnite map we need to try it out so after 35 gigabytes update uh i will uh i played for a bit your map last night and uh we had a great time uh i suck at buildings so i would say don't make it the build mode but uh, other than that, it was great fun. And it, the the whole game, and I don't know if it's on purpose, but it kind of reminded me a bit of extraction game because uh, maybe you, you should, I think you should explain the mechanics of the game, but there is that meta bonding part that only opens at certain times, etc. So I would love for you to present to who the people are listening here, how the game uh, works. 
Yeah, so the first release, uh, I can tell you that it was a little bit complicated and I can confess that <laughs> because uh, we, uh, the Multiverse X community, we know how metabonding works and what is it. I know we know that you have to be eligible. This word eligible in Fortnite players, I don't know how many of them knows what this word means, eligible. And then staking. What is staking? Hey, staking is multiplying, but who knows what staking is? And then uh, also the X day events, you have to grant an NFT card to rank up to Edison, Tesla, blah, blah, you know? And it was very cool from our point of view. But since this map is for the Fortnite players, because that's the, the big fish, uh, the, the community said, hey, it's nice, it's cool, but make it much, much simpler to understand for them. So the game mechanics, how, how uh, in the first release were, were thought, uh, how, how it worked. Um, first of all, you had to create a wallet. And when you hit that button, uh, create wallet, you'd receive uh, 10,000 resources to build, you know, to build inside the game. Um, after that, every elimination uh, grants you 20 gold. Um, after five elimination, you will grant the NFT card that will uh, give you the access inside the NFT hall, uh, X-Day hall, sorry. Uh, and also, when you will receive 100 gold, like five shots, yeah, then uh, you can stake your gold. And every 60 seconds, you would receive 25 gold that I called e-gold in-game. So uh, when you are playing, the gold is increasing. After that, you have the swap system. And you can swap from gold to uh, diamond. Diamond is max inside the the game uh after that you will be uh you can stake also the max when you finish staking the first uh, poll uh, e-gold and max and the second one max then you are eligible to go inside the meta bonding and receive a lot of points a lot of gold you can gather as many items as you can in one minute because after one minute the meta bonding is closing um, this meta bonding system actually is the vault system inside the, the Fortnite, and I will call it in the next type update vault system because it's for the Fortnite players and they know what vault means, but meta bonding they doesn't know at all. So um, yeah, after you will grant this uh, all all kind of uh, you know access and everything. Then you only have to eliminate players and grant gold. And uh, going up on the leaderboard, you unlock certain superpowers. The first rank is like in uh, X Exchange. The first rank was uh, Edison, then Faraday, then Ohm, uh, Newton, and Tesla. So, yeah, and every rank unlocks you certain superpowers like instant reload, uh, health recharge. Uh, 2x damage and so on but yeah it's nice it's it's a cool uh, uh, mechanism but it's a bit a bit confusing for i mean maybe not a bit <laughs> maybe more uh, for for the fortnite players yeah to to if, if you want to hear some uh, feedback straight away like um 
I understood straight away, like you can swap, etc. Uh, for my brother, it was just like, wait, how do we actually get you uh, stake the eagle and the and the max you get access to metabody, etc. So uh, we were on off, we were on uh, other teams, so uh, it was a bit fun to communicate. But uh, yeah, um, so let's talk uh, quickly about Fortnite, if you don't mind, because uh, so I'm of the generation that played PUBG and were making fun of Fortnite because uh, because it felt a more childish version of PUBG, but the game has now evolved and no one talks about PUBG anymore and everyone talks about Fortnite, so they've definitely won. Uh, their idea to create, I mean, they are what I would describe as the closest thing to Metaverse as of today. They've included uh, Rocket League to their games, etc. How do you think that narrative um, is going and do you think there is a chance for web3 to be involved in it well for the next period of time i don't know how long they will not accept any kind of web3 implemented in the game i watched an interview some weeks ago with the ceo and he said we are not planning anytime soon to implement any kind of web3 uh, ecosystems or you know mechanism in the game uh yeah because i i know why i i think i know why because you know as revolut started back in 2016 15 i think they started with with web 2 you know with the fiat and then in 2017 they uh accepted the crypto and so uh the 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 fortnite uh, ecosystem i think works the same they go with their v bucks so you have dollars you buy their v bucks and it's much safer uh for them to say that when you buy you get your v bucks when you go in web3 maybe there will be some i don't know issues bugs you have nfts and then uh, the mint you have some issues and you know they are not so friendly right now and they are huge they are one of the biggest game right now in the space and then they don't care about this so i don't know in in the future if if will happen okay yeah uh, but yeah, and any opinion like on the metaverse, do you think uh, they are doing better than, let's say, Meta and others when it comes to it? And how is it as a builder? Because obviously Fortnite allows um, people to create their own maps and game modes uh, in the same way as Meta to a certain degree uh, or Roblox does. So how would you compare them? Yeah, uh, yeah, it's a metaverse, but when I, first of all, when I heard about the metaverse back in 2018, 19, something like that, uh, when were, was that uh, uh, buzz around and everybody was talking about the metaverse and so on, uh, I thought that metaverse, and I still think that metaverse has to be uh, implemented in the blockchain. So the metaverse is m more than just Facebook said, uh, Zuckerberg said, uh, hey, just socializing. I, I think the metaverse is much bigger and it has so much potential than just socializing. Like Fortnite right now, they say this is we build the metaverse. I mean, come on, yeah, it's right. But all the games back then had uh, the chat system implemented, and you could chat with 
one another. Uh, yeah, they had some pretty insane concerts inside the 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 Fortnite, but that's so much limited to what I think the metaverse should be. I mean, there's even Guitar Hero. Well, it's not called Guitar Hero, but there's even Guitar Hero now in Fortnite. So yeah, uh, they're they're integrating a lot of different uh, features. Yeah. Uh, So, um, Jerem, do you have any question, or what is the yes. next thing? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, no, it's uh, yeah. What is the next thing? I mean, uh, um, you you told us about the beta version, which is a live version, um, and so uh, uh, how people uh, can play the game. I mean, what are the spec? Uh, what are uh, the thing to do? Uh, where to log? So imagine I I'm, I've never played Fortnite. Uh, what what should I do to try uh, the the experience that you're building? Yeah. Uh, so first of all, you just have to search for Fortnite, uh, Fortnite and install. It's a pretty big game. Install it, then wait for the update. <laughs> Uh, and after that, in the search bar, first thing first thing that you can do when it launches, go in the search bar and type Multiverse X. That's it. That's the magic word. <laughs> and then you will see only the only Multiverse X map inside of Fortnite. And then you just hit play and you are in. And the best hours, the best hours to play, because uh, it's not so popular yet, uh, are from uh, uh, 13, 13 uh, hour, yeah, 13 uh, UTC. So from 13 UTC until uh, 9 UTC in the in the evening, in the evening. Okay, so during the afternoon. Yeah. And, uh, exactly. and, and uh, okay, and early uh, evening. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, perfect. Uh, so uh, good luck. David, for, 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 for this, and uh, I'm, I'm sure it will be uh, uh, much appreciated by the, the, the Multiverse X community. And good luck to, 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 to uh, manage to onboard people that are not uh, from Multiverse X uh, um, ecosystem and community. Uh, and uh, yeah, come, come, come again uh, soon uh, on GMMVX to uh, uh, maybe uh, um, make... Uh, uh, a state of the of the project maybe in uh, one or two months yeah definitely uh what i wanted also to touch base this uh, in this space is uh, uh, that uh, there will be tournaments this is how i want to make people make create their wallet so this is onboarding uh we will create some tournaments in the near future um and the best players will be uh receiving uh e-gold or other other you know uh assets inside x portal or on the web um that's the first one and in chapter two because there are two chapters will be two chapters in chapter two we will be able to have nfts inside the game like npcs you know like the 3d uh, characters and uh, if someone let's say if someone uh, is the first to unlock a certain nft then uh, he will receive it inside x portal so i i we are still thinking about how to make 
the, the, the players join the ecosystem. And uh, for, for, for sure, we will implement rewards in e-gold or any crypto assets and also NFTs that you will be able to discover in-game and then you will receive it in your wallet. Okay. 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 Good luck, uh, uh, everyone, for, for, for this. Um, thank you very much, David, for coming this morning. You're always welcome here. And uh, have a have a good day. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, maybe we, you will be interested interested by the next uh, topic about uh, uh, TGC. TCG. TGC. TCG. Yeah, TCG. Okay. Uh, yeah. Are you playing TCGs, uh, David? Uh, no, <laughs> no. No trading cards, uh, games. Uh, no, not no. Okay. Uh, I loved uh, when I was a, a kid. I I loved uh, watching uh, Yu-Gi-Oh anime and also uh, Pokemon, and I played uh, video games on uh, my PlayStation Four and now Five uh, video uh, Yu-Gi-Oh uh, video games, which is pretty cool. On, also on my on my on my smartphone actually. So that's what I know about uh, Z and that's it. So uh, Joachim, tell us more about uh, this uh, ecosystem and uh, what you how you saw it evolve, evolve uh, this last uh, years. Thank you, Jerem. You you. Uh... Used to how I was starting to introduce uh, introduce it. I think uh, a lot of us grew up with um, Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh, some with Magic: The Gathering. Um, I didn't know. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Sorry, I, I'm, I'm just slightly mad. Don't worry. <laughs> um, so we all couldn't wait to uh, have uh, some pocket money to go grab some boosters, open the boosters, play with them, and. Um, and we would play with them on the schoolyard. It would be a mess, like cards would get lost, stolen, um, traded. And the years passed and we kind of saw an evolution of the games. And now, for example, during COVID, we had that craze of uh, Pokemon collections where cards would go at insane price. And uh, I look at some cards and I was like, I'm sure I had that card at one time. Uh, and they're going now for hundreds, if not thousands of dollars. And but through the years with obviously um internet smartphones cards have evolved uh and especially the the trading card games because the trading card games has the beauty of both blending the a game a strategic game and the fact of collecting some cards are rarer than others and are more powerful than others um i don't know many when I grew up, I never played a single game of Pokemon. I was just collecting them, but uh, I don't know about you. Anyway, with time evolving, we've seen um, the digitalization of TCG. For example, when you opened a booster of Pokemon cards, and I think it's, you still do it today, you get the last card is a QR code, which you scan, which allows you to open a digital booster on um, Pokemon Online. Um, Magic, the gathering, has what's called the Magic Arena, which allows you to play separate from the physical cards to get your own uh, virtual decks to play against other players all across the world. And that evolution seemed logic in the same way as um, the World of Warcraft universe got transformed into Hearthstone for the people who uh, who know this game, which it was 
uh, I think first uh, PC-based game and then became uh, mobile. And lastly, one of the most popular games nowadays uh, is uh, Marvel Snap, which again is a form of trading card game, fully digital. There is no physical, at least that I'm aware of, um, counterpart of it. That allows you to play a quick game of cards that lasts less than um, five minutes. And uh, I lo- I watched quickly an interview about uh, one of the creators of it, and they said that nowadays games need to be um, a lot shorter. But why am I talking about TCGs, so trading card games, with you today? It's because um, Web3, and the, since today's team is gaming, uh, has welcomed quite a few uh, games we have had on the French uh, GMMVX um, across the ages. Uh, a couple we discussed about it a couple times. We've even had the founder um, come for uh, an inter- uh, an interview. He and spent a very good moment with us. Yes, he, he loved us. We we, <laughs> we, 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 we 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 talked a bit too much about tokenomics for his taste. Um, and he built to- it with the best tokenomics yes. maker ever. But <laughs> taken away from that, we have to say Cross the Ages is a, a very successful game with a very loyal um, player base. And um, similar to traditional TCGs, you could buy boosters on OpenSea uh, and add them to your deck and play, compete to win points and tokens, etc. We also had some could say a knockoff or like a, a very similar version of um, Hearthstone, which is Gods and Chain, which is also an Immutable X. Um, that's very similar to Hearthstone. You have cards, you can trade cards. I actually played that game during the, the beta to uh, to see how it was competing. And you, earned, uh, you earned a lot with it. Well, the, it, it was before Immutable X launched, so I was one of the lucky few who uh, got the EMX uh, airdrop um, when they launched. Mm. Yeah, so, so honestly, <laughs> I, I, I bought like two packs for like two, three hundred dollars at the time in plenty of the bull when I was like completely forgot about it. And I was like, oh, you have an airdrop. And uh, yeah, the airdrop was of several thousands. So uh, decent RI. I miss those times where there was... Uh, crazy airdrops and not needing to farm them for months. Uh, but anyway, um, so the, the the evolution of um, TCG to online and then the blockchain for me is one of the best use cases because as we've seen, I think for example, Logan Paul did it, not that, I, not that you should invest in anything Logan Paul touches, but we can now buy shares of very rare Pokemon cards using the blockchain. We can trade using the block uh, using the blockchain. There is, for example, platforms that store items, for example, um, Pokemon cards, uh, in storage, and that they are traded on uh, digital blockchain marketplaces. And the reason why I think TCGs work so well is that from the get go. TCGs had that idea of scarcity compared to any other games. In Magic the Gathering, the very rare uh, Black Lotus is something that is uh, dreamt of of many players. There's no new reprints of it anyway, so you can only buy it. But there has always been this idea of scarcity and um, being able that excitement of when you open a booster seeing the um, rare cards. So. We're seeing um, projects that are starting to blend that um, 
that part of real life collection and digital. And that's why I wanted to talk about this today uh, with you. We have a French project um, created by one of uh, of the creator of Dixit. I think you've probably heard of Dixit. It's a board game uh, that is known a bit all over the world. And uh, the company got bought by, by Asmodee, which is one of the biggest French uh, uh, board game companies. And they are launching uh, a game called Exalted, which is a TCG again. And the concept was very interesting to me. And I was like, it's such a shame that it doesn't use blockchain, but it might open the door for others to do it. So each card that you get in this uh, in this game has a unique QR code. And with the app, you can scan it. And like, it's not scan one and one. I've, I've watched a video about it. Like you just pass your phone through the different QR codes and it adds them as they pass through. It's honestly quite impressive. And especially when you try to connect with Wallet Connect for the fifth time in a row when you get an error message, seeing someone who just like glasses over several QR codes and it works flawlessly is uh, quite, uh, quite the feat. Anyway, and the idea was that you get the physical version you buy the physical version and you can only buy the physical version you scan the qr codes and it gets digitalized and what i found very interesting is that you can buy for example the cards in french and then you decide to trade it with someone else so you would trade the digital version so you would keep the physical version uh as you said you can keep it as a souvenir you can't play tournaments or digitally with it but you still have the physical version of the card. You just have lost its ownership. A bit like the, you know, copy paste of a JPEG for an NFT. The ownership is no longer yours, but you still have um, the paper version of it. And what I found really cool with it, and it's something that I remember from um, playing Pokemon when I was a kid, people would make fun of me because I would have the, the card in English and no one had the card in English except me um, and in the schoolyard. So everyone had the French versions. And in that way, uh, by trading them online, the person who's bought that card from you can reprint it directly from the company in any language they want, and in uh, and like this, there's different versions of the cards, etc. And for me, that was a aha moment, and everything we could do with blockchain technology, being able to have a physical item that we've bought somewhere, like a collection item but that the ownership is digitalized and that we have a company obviously we need the middleman um that can when you transfer the ownership gives you the possibility to reprint or receive that item uh as you the new owner without having to count on someone listing it on ebay or listing it on um, on any of those marketplaces and having to send it etc all the logistic and therefore the safety is ensured by the company. So I wanted maybe Jerem, do you have any any thoughts on this? Do you think this is the future, or you 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 think it's just uh, hype? Oh, uh, nobody can tell. But uh, there is something I like in it. It's innovation. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm not a player. Uh, I'm not I'm not a, a player or a gamer of this kind of games. Since uh, I uh, always uh, uh, start a game, okay, and I will play for hours, and at the moment it will become too difficult for me, and I will stop then. Uh, when it starts to be too complicated, I stop. I, I, I love easy games, so that's why. Um, 
So, 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 very... you're, so basically, you're level 10 on Candy Crush is what you're telling us. Uh, no, 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 I went far. I went far <laughs> because it's uh, it's easy uh, until uh, maybe level. Uh, it's not about level on, I don't know. on, I on could, Candy Crush I, I, because I think when I, you when you fail a level uh, too many times, the game is helping you to to go to go to go after no. I don't know. I've never. I've, I think I played Candy, last time I played Candy Crush is probably ten years ago. But oh, I, well, I, same for me. But yeah, no, I'm not into uh, uh, too difficult games or games that are becoming too complicated. Uh, for example, Yu-Gi-Oh! I played to the the the, the cards game, uh, and uh, the first uh, uh, level was very easy, so I enjoyed it for hours. And at the moment, the strategy and the the, the diversity of cards became too important for me so i stopped uh, i'm not a try harder yeah to be to be to be clear um <laughs> so um th- th- but it was a very very interesting uh, uh thing if you guys on the on the on the audience are, are playing such uh, games feel free to tell us if you have some uh, uh, games that you think If you're talking here, I can't hear you anymore. So uh, I'm going to leave and come back. Well, should we, should we, I, I'm very sorry because uh, I just Can you hear me now? Sorry, can you hear me? Yes. OK, we're yeah. back. We're back. Just yeah, uh, Twitter my, my doing bad. his usual I thing. The, I received the call. My bad. Uh, so maybe, Joachim, did you finish with this? Uh, maybe you have uh, some things to well my my only uh my only comment and thought is like we don't have uh, any uh tcg on uh jam you're still uh, your mute isn't muted oh, your mic isn't muted um but yeah um what was i saying uh yes so we don't have any TCGs on uh, Multiversex, and in general, I think we're yeah. We had one. Yes, Battle of Nodes. I have, I have packs. I, yeah, I was honestly they, hyped they, about it. like they left. Yeah, no. Yeah, such a, such a shame. <laughs> but like in general, I think we are lacking um, games on Multiverse X, and we are we are seeing that the. Um, the core team is pushing for it because there is a website. I don't remember if it's gaming.multiversex.com or something like that, but like they've even created a website to say like come build with us because the most successful game, like easy mass adoption game we have as of now is Cantina Royale, obviously, but um that is oh, I can't hear you, Joachim. Ah. Okay. Joachim. Okay. Uh I will write him in. Okay. It will come back. Okay, so guys, I think we are uh, um, okay, and we will uh, uh, come to the end of this uh, of this Twitter Spaces. Thank you, everybody, for uh, uh, being here with us. Uh, oh, Joachim, you can speak again. Can you hear me? 
Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you were saying that we lack of such games on Multiverse X. I let you finish and we will uh, go uh, to the end of this Twitter space just after. Yeah, sorry for the technical issues. Uh, uh, thank you everyone for tuning in. But yeah, I was saying like, I'm hoping to see more. We're seeing there are some games on Multiverse X, um, but uh, we're hoping to see more and more and maybe one that uh, will uh, ha reach like the million downloads and be on the top of uh, the Play Store or the Apple Store would be... Uh, Incredible. So anyway, thank you everyone for tuning in and for listening to me babbling about TCGs. And uh, hopefully we'll get to see something. Uh, very I, I have a last question for you. Uh, Go ahead. I have a last question for you. Uh, I, I think, uh, do you think Sovereign Shards will help uh, the development of uh, uh, of gaming on Multiverse 6? Yes. It's a rhetorical uh, question, of but, course, but maybe can you yes, develop it? Of course. So as we as we were discussing a bit with Rasman earlier, one of so some people think that the future of gaming is on the blockchain, and I I mostly agree with them, but not as of today because as we said, if if you take the example of giants, you you still pay transaction fees, etc., and uh, it adds uh, it adds up. We have blockchains that are spe specialized in it, like um, Treasure, which is a layer two of um, um, Ethereum. Or no, actually, they're running on Arbitrum. Never mind. But we have Immutable X, which is a layer two of uh, Ethereum, that where there is no gas fees. I'm not entirely sure how they run their chains, but we could imagine a similar concept on uh, Multiverse X, a sovereign shard that is specialized, and it's something we're looking into. Um, specialized in data because it doesn't need to be gaming it just needs to be a sovereign shard that focuses on being able to store data often and for very cheap and once we get this we can start storing every moment in the game well as we as uh, Razan was saying not every shot in csgo but store the progression at least uh, on chain and before we talk, and in addition to Servant Shard, there's something that um, you can find on the Agora and that we've talked about in the past with um, uh, Sasu Robert, is there's an update coming to NFTs and SFTs that uh, will allow projects to up update an NFT remotely. Uh, because until now, the only way you could update an NFT was the NFT gets sent back to the owner or that someone who has the rights to uh, update the NFT. And once it is in its wallet, it can update it, but it can't update it remotely, which is something you can on uh, EVM chains, which allow projects, let's say you, let's say you have a Pokemon, like you have an on-chain Pokemon, um, and that Pokemon levels up, it's P Pikachu becomes Ratchetru. Um, you can't, without the user sending the NFT back to you, you editing it, and the marketplaces don't show it properly yet either. Um, you can't do that on MVX. While how cool would it be that you have an NFT in your wallet, uh, you've done certain certain events in game that makes that your sort of Pokemon has uh, evolved, and then you check your wallet again and you see the new version of your Pokemon. So there, there's a lot of things that are exciting and that might bring more builders to build the game on MVX that are coming, uh, including Sovereign Shards. Okay, bullish on it, so. <laughs>
100%. You, it, it, it can only get better, right? Like, it, it might not yeah, get definitely. the adoption that uh, everyone is hoping and wanting, but by improving constantly and looking at what can be done better and where where we're still lacking, I, I think that's, that's how adoption uh, happens. Okay. Uh, thank you very much again. Uh, Joachim, for this uh, uh, topic, uh, I learned a lot thanks to you. Uh, I hope you guys uh, enjoyed this uh, GMMVX. Feel free uh, when I uh, uh, close it uh, to repost uh, so people can listen to it uh, in the replay. And uh, also, you can find uh, the replay of the Twitter space, <coughs> sorry, on the main uh, uh, podcast platforms like uh, Google and Apple podcast, but also Spotify, uh, and also Amazon, uh, Amazon Music and Deezer. Yeah, uh, I uh, uh, now we are on Deezer, uh, so we are almost everywhere. Um, thanks a lot. See you uh, next Wednesday for a new GMMVX in English. And let me tell you, who we will receive. Uh, pop, 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 pop. Uh, we will receive uh, uh, Aaron Florian Angle from uh, Midas Exchange. So we will speak about um, Sovereign Shards. And uh, we will also receive Robert Sasu to speak about uh, uh, Sovereign Shards. So it will be like a Sovereign Shard uh, special edition of GMMVX with Robert Sasu and uh, the CEO of Demurgos, uh, who will be launching one of the first Sovereign Shards, uh, Midas X Chain. Thank you very much, everybody. Think uh, to uh, repost uh, the um, replay of the of the Twitter space and have a very good day. Thank you, everyone. Bye, Joachim. Bye.